I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. We really feel that this is one of our better classes. It has a lot of length, and what we were trying to do is get a lot taller and a lot bigger. I think it's really imperative in this conference, and especially on the ACC Atlantic size, that you have the type of size that you need to withstand the pounding that's going on, uh, in the, especially on our side of the football, and especially in the ACC and college football today. So we think that we accomplished that. You want to make sure you get the right QB, and we're going to go after the right ones. If we're not fortunate enough to get those guys locked down, then we're going to go after the, right, the next guys that are the right one. I think that's a little bit more important than just having one in an early signing period. We definitely would like to have a QB in this class, but it has to be the right type of QB and not just someone that plays that position. You need to be a really good recruiter or a really good X and O guy. And if you're not one of those two things, then you better be a combination of both. And it's very, very taxing and it's very, very difficult. And sometimes it even takes multiple personalities to get the job done well. But these guys have gone out and they've given us a solid day of work a solid season of work, and I really uh, stand behind this class. I think it's got a lot of the things that we're looking for. When you, when you get a lot of old linemen and, and some of these other positions, it doesn't look all glamorous, but uh, these are the guys that win football games or these big cats that move big cats around. When you weren't as successful as you're supposed to be, these guys, the aggressive ones, they look at it like, okay, I've got an opportunity to play there. These guys are not locked in and set yet, and I want to go somewhere where I have an opportunity to play early. So I think you're exactly right, Nico, that uh, that record, even though it's not exactly what we wanted it to be, it also uh, alerts some guys that, hey, these guys aren't set, and I've got an opportunity to come up there and play early. And there are opportunities uh, at Syracuse University to play early. But the main part is we want to we recruit people from the state of New York that have an opportunity to line up and play in the Dome. I mean, that's my big thing. I don't want them to just be on the team and then graduate in four years, and the mom and the dad and the high school coach and the community never got an opportunity to play. And I think that if you look at our track record of who we brought in here, we're really trying to make that happen. <laughs> Quarterback depth is always, it's been, it's changed since the transfer portal, where you normally had a good backup that's going to stick with you, that's going to be around. It's, it's, uh, it's something that a lot of schools are having less and less of based off of what the quarterbacks have been doing at that position where if they don't play, they leave. And uh, definitely they're right and, and absolutely, uh, you know, they're free to do that. But it's really been hurting programs across the country. If you can find a way to some kind of way have some depth just in case there's an injury, it's exactly the insurance that you need to have a fantastic season. Welcome to the Q's Militia Podcast with those two unapologetically biased orange blood.
Sean and Joe. What's up, Cuse Nation? Thanks for tuning in to the Cuse Militia Podcast with Sean and Joe. If you like it, as always, please share it. The universal handle for the socials is at Cuse Militia. Go there, join the militia. We are the only Syracuse sports podcast centered around giving you, the fans, a voice. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, That really helps us out, especially on iTunes. Uh, Thank you to everybody who has already done that. We will have Tyler Morona on to wrap up this year's football season, and we will go over the 2020 recruiting class for Syracuse football, and Joe's going to educate us, and this is one of his favorite shows because I will likely butcher names, and um, you know, there's fun for all to be had, and this is one of my least favorite episodes to do because, I don't know. <laughs> I just am not, well, I mean, I'm it's not all into it like Joe. Right? Yeah, like, it's, that's it, my thing. Yeah. I get into it, but at the end of the day, I like to be able to have these shows so that we can go over our guys a little bit and explain also to the fans how these these star ratings work and how a majority of D1, especially upper D1 um, Power 5 schools, are made of three-star guys. And, you know, the four- and five-star guys, they get spread out usually across just a handful of teams. Um, so, yeah, I like to be able to kind of calm the fan base down on that and kind of give them something to look forward to. Yeah, plus, I mean, it's cool to kind of get to know the names and get to know, you know, you see someone out there and be like, oh, well, I heard about this. Or, you know, and there's going to be guys that, we, that we've that we already talked about during the verbal times. But um, right. um, with that said, is that is that it? Do we just start? After this? I think so, yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. No other announcements. Okay. Cool. All right. So, listen. Here's the deal. If you want to increase your performance, get extra confidence in bed, BlueChew.com, that's blue like the color, BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know it works. You can take them anytime, day or night, on a full or empty stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as the pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. If you could benefit from extra function and more confidence when it counts, BlueChew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy right now. We've got a special deal for our listeners, BlueChew.com. Go there and get your first shipment free when you use the special promo code armchair. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's BL. UEChew.com. Use the special promo code armchair and try it for free. Blue Chew is better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. And as always, they do not promise any guaranteed results, nor do they say anywhere on any of their packaging that it cures disease. So, all right, Joe. You're stocking the stuff with that stuff, wasn't it? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> My stocking was stuffed with that stuff. I'm surprised you even. (laughs) I know. I'm surprised you even got that out. You've been sitting there for how long waiting to say that? Not that long. (laughs) Well, if you just shut up, then it would have came out a little earlier. (laughs) All right. Who wants Tyler to come on? 
I do. All right, joining us now is uh, former Syracuse football defensive end and part-time podcaster, Tyler Morona, our good buddy. And Tyler, welcome. Welcome back, bud. Thank you. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm good. How are you both? It's been a minute, and I'm sorry we, uh, we held you up there a little bit. But look, we haven't talked since Boston College. Right, well, for, and we'll, we're getting to the football thing, but tell us what's going on with you now. What's going on? Part-time um, podcasting? What are we doing? Um, I'm not podcasting anymore. I said my goodbye just because um, I did like kind of a farewell tour on my podcast, which was the trademark podcast, and you can still listen to this one if you want. There's like still a couple more, or a couple like backlogged episodes up, but in there I was just like saying that when I started this we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use indeed the better it gets and Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives... There's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Podcast or My podcast, what I wanted to do was kind of like find... Um, sort of maybe like in a meta way like find my calling and like what i wanted to do and originally i thought like oh like i want to be an on-air personality and then i was like oh well then you know there's this new medium of podcasting you know if you're any good you can just skyrocket and then you know yada 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 the rest the rest goes into place but the fact that like i had marginal success and like i didn't want to like hang my hat on a team that i lived in houston texas trying to cover a new york sports team like didn't make a whole lot of sense and I didn't want to put the time and effort into like changing and not caring about a team while covering them. So what I kind of felt myself understanding was that I want to be involved like on the field with football. So right now what I'm trying to do is land a full-time football coaching job. And the tough part about that is the full-time aspect of it because you can be a part-time coach, but you know, you got to pay the bills. So right. Um, exactly. I think by, 
the fall, at the very least, I'll be coaching part time at high school. That's like the ease. I, I already have that locked in. And so as long as I can, I'm trying to, but I'm trying to get something a little bit better than that in a situation that works well for me. Um, and there's, there's a couple colleges here in town too. So I'm not ruling that out. So there's, there's a couple of different things. A couple of pokers are in the fire and obviously Q's nation, as well as you will know, Minute by minute, what happens on this? So we'll keep you updated. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, you know, nice. obviously, you know, if you ever want to come on here, you can. I listened to the yep. last episode. I think it was the last episode. It was like the farewell episode. You haven't done one since then, right? No, I was thinking about it, but I, yeah, that was, I, I felt too at peace to like do anything else on my feed, if that makes any sense at all. <laughs> I don't you know. Were, I was just like, that was it. That was good. I'm done. Well, I, I will at least on this show. I will officially, I will officially just throw it out there now that if you ever, if you ever got a rant or anything, you want to come on the show, you want to record a half an hour, and we'll throw it out as a bonus episode. You can do that on our platform. More, I, we yeah. obviously, you're more than welcome to do that. Well, I'll take it a step further. It's not that you can just come on. We're going. We we're, we're going to be asking you. So, okay, I mean, there you go. Okay. So, we're not going to stop. So, I mean, if you can say no, That's I mean, what, if, if, like, if you I, don't have the time, you can say no, no problem. But we will always have you on anytime, and we will be continuing to ask. So, so no wait, Tyler, Tyler, That's fine with me. Tyler puts out his his tweet, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, I, I'm done." I was I was actually a little shocked because. Um, I think I saw it on social media, if I'm not mistaken, first. And I'm like, well, wait a second. Uh, is he still going to come on our show? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I was, that was kind of like one thing that I didn't really make mention to was that um, – so I, I don't know. It's been a while, actually, since that happened, since the show ran. It's almost may have been like a month now. So, yeah, it's um, a while ago. Yeah, so I was just thinking like I don't know if I like made mention to the fact that like I'm – totally still open as long as like there's no conflict of interest like if a coaching job does come up like obviously right. I'll, I'll contribute where people would want because it's also fun like it's right. to me like i i it's like guessing so yeah. it's not like a big deal you know like i don't see it as like oh well you know i gotta make time for this like that was never my thing and I, that's why i got into it originally as well because yeah. i enjoy and, it and we're always in the spectrum of life happens man so we just go with it so is what yeah. it is um, and the podcast my podcast helped me understand like what i actually want to do so that was like i consider it a success you know i don't even consider it like life happens because like i'm still employed and get a paycheck regardless it was just like i need to focus my spare time into now like doing what i want to do full-time yeah so we haven't talked since um since right after the well we've talked boston we've college, talked right? but you haven't been on the show since after, right after boston college when we talked Correct. about our trip syracuse lost 58 to 27 they got stomped we're like you know we're <laughs> you couldn't smoke your cigars i, yeah, I did I, no, I, I, I had them dead and buried dead and buried <laughs> yeah right and then they come back they come back the following week beat duke 49 to 6 and, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed that game. That was fun. I was at and it, Joe was at that freezing. game. Yeah, and 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 I'm thinking, well, there's you know, you're, well, you're saying there's a chance. I mean, there was. Oh, totally. The, the light was still the light was still shining. Right. Uh, we come up one game short, though. Uh, all in all, kind of a disappointment. But I mean, I mean, what are your what are your final thoughts, though? Um, you know, going at, at the end of the season, uh, beating Wake at home on Senior Day. 
and ending it at least with with a good win there with you know Trill Williams pickpocketing a dude and taking it straight to the house when he didn't even have to, but he did it anyway, and that's just beautiful. <laughs> I know that was great. Um, that capped off. I think that was an exclam. That play in and of itself was the exclamation point on like a, the biggest question mark of like all time. It was just like, what did we just watch? Like there were two different teams. Yeah, there totally. was honestly a first half of the season team and a second half of the season team, and they both leave me with more questions than I have answers to. Because, like, that play in and of itself, you're like, that's it. That's our secondary. Like, that is what we thought we had all year. Right. You're like, And then you're like, yep. well, okay, so now ex- you guys have to now explain what the hell did I just watch on every <laughs> other week? Like, it doesn't make any sense. So, like, as I have more questions than answers, unfortunately. But I was reading that um, in – I like to get maybe like one article in a month now in Syracuse just because like sometimes when I see something, I'll like kind of take it differently. But Nate Mink was writing about how like five and seven was still an improvement on every other season. But one, the one season was just like a huge outlier. So it's still kind of funny that like a five and seven season is still improvement from the last like six years other than our 10 win <laughs> season, you know, so it's like, OK, well, do I have to take it with a grain of salt and be like, well, it's still improvement over coach Schaefer like as total wins go like Dino has more so like I don't but like obviously we're not satisfied with that and that's kind of where it's like okay well is this really this are we now hitting the rebuild but I don't know it's just like there's a lot going on and I think with you know the that last game and the last three games of being two and one, I don't know. What, what do you got? What did you guys? Well, say? I, I want to bounce it off. My, I was very. <laughs> I, my my thoughts are very simple. I did not want to go four and eight. That, no, that's yeah, all. That was great. Five and seven is fine with me. No. Well, that was <laughs> other than the outlier that that Tyler talked about. Right. Uh, that was the best season since what the Texas Bowl with yeah, Darrell Hunt. So which I mean, is going on right now, by the way, in Houston. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> And when you looked at it, when I looked at it, it was that offensive line change. When they changed their base in in Veterello, you you saw them running the ball a lot better. The last three games, they pounded the rock, I think, the way that I thought we all kind of thought. I mean, they run like that, then you probably win your Moneal bet, Tyler. I was just going to say that. I was just close. I was just close. So, I mean, realistically, when you look at it, if – Maybe they weren't ready four or five weeks prior when they were playing NC State and Pittsburgh. Some of the winnable games that could have got us to bowl eligibility. But sure. I do see that we're only losing Evan Adams on the line. Uh, and I think that's the last couple games I think is more of the team that we're going to see next next year going into next year. And I know that the fans don't want to hear that. And we'd love to be playing a bowl game now instead of talking about next year. But um, you always got to look at the silver lining. And again, just didn't want to go four and eight. Not again. Yeah, no, no, not at all. And I mean, you know, you look at Mo Neal's season wasn't terrible. I mean, he was, oh. he was, uh, what, 154 yards away. Mm. No, I think mm. Mm. we were closer. Well, I don't want to toot my own horn, but he did have over a thousand yards combined. Yeah, all purpose. Combined. Passing yes. in the ra- yeah. all purpose. Right. <laughs> yeah. But I think we were more close on Mo Neal than we were Abdul Adams. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, 
Yeah, that's been weird. The Abdul Adams thing is weird to me. Wasn't it? Wasn't it? Because yeah. Jarvion Howard ended up outrushing him, and he we didn't see him the second half of the year. So, uh, but Jarvion to me is actually good. You oh, know, yeah, I, like I actually think that like he was underutilized most of the season, and I actually think he's better than Abdul just entirely. Like I'm always really leery about transfers, and we'll get to another one here in a second. Yes, but we will. They transfer for a reason, you know. Like they're not here because like oh, actually I messed up and I should have picked Syracuse all along. Like, that's right. not like we don't we just don't get five star guys. Right. The last five star guy we got from Oklahoma. He was awful, awful, awful. I mean, just terrible. Right. So like, <laughs> yeah. And um, but also the last guy that you forgot to mention on the O-line Bergeron actually good as well. So yes. there, there's, you know, there's another addition that he actually did. I want to he's actually pretty good in the fact that he's young and actually everybody's pretty young. Um you know, it's it's pretty it's pretty good time to be alive as far as like you know future projections. But you know, it, as far as 2019 was concerned, that doesn't help us at all. No, I mean <laughs> it is what it is. What are your thoughts on? Uh, obviously, the the news broke yesterday, I believe. Uh, Tristan Jackson going to enter the uh, NFL draft, and obviously you can't hate on that. The dude had a phenomenal year, and um, you know he, he, you know, led in touchdowns. Obviously, leading receiver, and uh, we wish him all the best. Um, Talented, talented guy. I was, I was going to hit this up as a surprise kind of buy seller hold with Tristan Jackson. Is Tristan Jackson getting drafted? Buy, sell, or hold? Uh, no, oh, I don't geez. think so. I don't think so either. Yeah, I mean, well, there was a lot of speculation that you know he's good. He was, he played, he played really well for us that this one year, and that it might just be a little early. So, well, I think he ran one route really well, and that ended up getting him all of his touchdowns, which is <laughs> fine. You know, um, I yeah. I didn't personally. I thought that he was a guy that definitely was going to just come back. But um, it, my first thought initially, ironically, was like, oh, we, we're finally in the football offseason. Our you know, leading receiver is moving on again. I'm just like, you know, great. You know, it's just like the, it was just what happens. You know, you don't right. stay. You know. But what, what to, gets under a kid's skin to just make him do this? I mean, he's, he's got people chirping in his ear. I mean, you know, because you. No, I don't think no. so. I think you even. I think even practice squad money is so much better than just getting no money that it's like yeah. at some point, you know, yeah, but yeah, yeah. a guarantee contract is a lot better. You know, being a fourth rounder and getting, you know, your first two years guaranteed, that's great. But to him, he must have just seen like this is all it's probably going to be in his mind. It's like this maybe is all it's going to be again next year, too. And if you're scared about that, then you might as well just move. Right. On. So you, you think he might have thought that which is this is quite possible. That he could, that he he might not do any better next year. He, he, well, I mean, sell when the stock's high, right? Right, right. That's totally. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and all of our top receivers previously have gotten drafted or signed and stayed with teams. You know, got multiple opportunities. So right, and um, also came out of nowhere. Yeah, that's for the, the most other part, thing. right? Yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah, I do think this kid's a stud, though. I think Tristan Jackson is a stud. I mean, I think he's, he's a great yeah. athlete. Yeah. He he's is. A great he athlete. is. He is. If he doesn't go to the, the combine and kill the measurables, though, he's not getting drafted. That's just well, I 100 percent agree. But I think that he's the type of athlete that could go there. Um, Colin Cowherd is like oh, he loves to talk about man. He looks great with his shirt off. Right. I couldn't say that myself. So I had to say that another guy said it. <laughs> so, um, But it's funny. I listened to Colin Cowherd like every day when I was in high school. And I, I swear he talked about guys shirtless all the time. So I was just, <laughs> it's like stuck in my mind. Well, right. 
Okay. <laughs> so, but he's the, that, well, that's the type of guy that goes to the combine and does well and maybe sure. makes himself uh, two years worth of pay. Maybe, yeah. yeah. It's possible. You know, I, I mean, don't know. Obviously, we wish him the best. But, um, all right. I, I mean, we just had to touch up on it. I just, it caught me by a little by surprise. You know, me I mean, too. Ta- Taj Harris, he's another good receiver. I mean, he could step up and fill. I think he's good enough to fill that void. I mean, well, we're getting so, another five, six five guy, you know, yeah. almost almost said in the draft, but in our class. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. So, Custis 2.0. You know, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. There you go. Yeah, he's he had pretty good offer sheets. So we got a couple of receivers coming in from Florida, but that six five guy, uh, yeah, he's kind of our he's gonna be our yeah bell cow, you know, presumptuously. Yeah, and and you know, and we were gonna hit on it later on in the podcast when we go over the players, but um, I was talking to Sean and I said I wonder if if this news would have broken earlier, if this maybe would have maybe switched some of the other you know bigger receivers that um. That didn't possibly. choose us, right? I mean, possibly. Yeah. Well, who was the big one, Joe? Well, that one on signing day was what uh, that um, Kentron with Portier that yeah, picked, yeah, it was choosing yeah, between yeah, us, Florida, and Florida State. So yeah. it was a long shot anyway. But he's got two high school teammates that are on yeah. Syracuse. So I think that right. was what kept them kind of there. So safety, right? For sure. All right. Uh, so this brings me to well, we might as well just piggyback off the offense, Tyler. Yes. I'm going to put you on the spot here. If you had right. to choose, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you one for each side of the ball here, just so you know. Uh, okay. who, who would your offensive player of the year be? Oh, really caught him off guard. That's tough. I know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that, well, it's just like, but it's hard to this reward could be a fan favorite. poor this behavior. Could be, right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like, that's really my because I was thinking like, is it the center for just snapping in every play? You know, it's like you know what do what do I think? You know, and um, but I think ultimately, I to me it's probably like if we didn't have Mo this year, I think we would have just like you know been awful, like awful, awful. <laughs> so the fact that like he created, you know, he pulled rabbits out of hats. He had over a thousand yards. Um, and he was really the guy that suffered the the most out of. I mean, Tommy probably did more so than him. Actually, now that I think about it, but right, I think out of personal gain or like as much to gain as what I perceived that Mo lost. I think he made the biggest sacrifice this year out of anybody on the team. So in that respect, I would give him Offensive Player of the Year just out of like courtesy. Yeah, I mean, he averaged five and a half yards a carry. So that's actually, 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 I'm sorry. He actually, he averaged five yards a carry 5.5 from scrimmage. So, but five yards a carry, that's awesome. You just run the ball with Mo Neal. You win the game every time. No, when we were <laughs> down so much in so many games. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just, if he didn't get the carries that he normally would have gotten. And I think obviously we know that our offensive line was suspect as hell for the first two thirds of the season. So, I mean, again, I'm I'm kind of right there with him because without Mo Neal maybe being able to be in there and be that senior guy that can that can call. Um, I mean, I mean, I know it looked bad, but 
imagine somebody who didn't know the playbook as, as well as Mo Neal and didn't have that senior. I mean, it could have been way. I mean, I yeah, don't want to no, say it could have been way worse, but I mean, it could have been it was bad, but yeah. it could have been worse. Like if I mean, you talk about if you want to go stats, you can throw Tristan Jackson in there because yeah. him alone with his big plays kept us in some games, and he always had that thought in his mind like we could just get a pass downfield in some of those closer games earlier. But overall, I think going with 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 what Tyler said, I think that's probably fair with Mo Neal. I agree, and I also agree. Tristan Jackson um, you know, led the team with 11 touchdowns, over 1,000 yards uh, from scrimmage, over 1,000 yards receiving. So average 15.5 yards a catch. And I know people hate on Tommy, but can we give him a little yeah, bit of credit? Yeah, look, Tommy did holy... great, dude. 137.7 rating, too, by the way, for Tommy DeVito. That's all. Awesome. What? For people? Yes. Yes. Yes, what, he was in the upper 62, 63.2% passing, 2360 yards. Um uh, 10 uh, um excuse me, 19 touchdowns to five interceptions. If I told you he had five interceptions, would you even believe that? How many fumbles did he have though? I feel like that's, that's what people <laughs> hated him for. <laughs> Cuz like that was the, some of the errors though, I think is like There were some bad errors, uh, but, but they were mostly like early. Tristan Tristan left a lot on the table too this year. That's yep. like to me, like where I was like, that was the difference between like the difference between a guy like Steve Ishmael per se and Tristan was that like you can think back to Steve and think like of three plays where you're like, dude, like those were like an NFL type player makes those plays. Tristan had zero of those plays, and that's why I'm like, I can't go all the he way. Some on bad drops, and that's the other thing is yeah. that there were errors that I remember. Yeah. You know, so that was, yeah. that's the big thing for me being like, there's no, you know, PFF wouldn't clip him and put him on, you know, like right. that's kind of how I determine. Yeah. But with no, Tommy, when, when you look at Tommy, you look at the stats comparable to the other ACC, um, uh, quarterbacks, quarterbacks, then he's in the upper, you know, half. And on top of that, I, th- I thought that we did see a little bit of growth with the mistakes. Um, he did fumble a lot early, <laughs> but I think he got better. And I think we all knew that he was dealing with some injuries. So, I mean, he's been dealing with an injury since week three. And I'm talking more to his attitude because, I mean, just a year ago, I, I believe it was a year ago, we saw F- what, Francois for Florida State sit there oh and gosh. just throw a just tantrum on the field because he was getting <laughs> oh, sacked, yeah. right? So, he wouldn't even, he I wouldn't mean, even accept really, so there's so I mean there's he could have been a worse person and been out there and he could have been showing up his teammates and he could have been talking about his but he stayed as, I don't know, he's not a professional but he he stayed kind of professional in that moment and he never threw any of his teammates under the bus or under the table and um he worked to get better so no he stayed composed kudos, and- kudos to him because a worse person could have made that situation way worse. Yeah, but the the one play yes. with that Francois had when he kept getting sacked against Syracuse last year was when his, uh, when his offensive lineman went down to give him a hand to help him up, and he's like, "Get the hell out of here, man!" Yep. He like, he like shoot him away. He was like, "Get the hell out of here!" <laughs> That's how bad that got. Yeah, so, well, those are the guys that have like never, you know, they have like never been sacked in their life. Yeah, they don't. Like, they what never, is this? You know, like, this is <laughs> outrageous. No, he didn't even have that. He was just like week one. Here we go. You know, yep. it's like you know that was kind of the way it was going to be. All right. Oh yeah. So all right, we got our offensive player. I think Mo Neal reigns. Um, obviously, we all all three would have picked, but Tristan Jackson close second. Uh, defensive player of the year. Tyler, you first, buddy. 
Well, my favorite player on the team. Yeah, is you can go favorite. Man. You can go favorite. So, I mean, it's just that's just like my favorite dude. Uh, I was, you know, glad to meet him uh, when I visited. He and Tommy were actually walking into the facility at the same time. And Tommy kind of gave me a look. I don't know if like he actually knows who I am or if he like, you know, was upset at me for clowning him at some point or what, who knows whatever. But he was he was all biz, you know, just walked straight past me. And I was like, hey, Kendall, what's up? I'm Tyler. I'm sorry I make fun of you all the time on the Internet. But he was cool about it. Um, <laughs> so that was cool. And then uh, Welch, he, he I think he knew who I was because he saw me and he's like his eyes like bugged out of his head. And I was like, what's going on? So anyway. Um, but I think my uh, my favorite player would be um, uh, our defensive player of the year would probably be Kendall just because like his his run force and even his pass rushing to uh, in large part gave our offense some opportunity to stay in some games. Um, and Alton was just getting triple teamed all year. So, yeah. I mean, I credit to him for sticking with it as well. But. Um, you know, I thought that both Kendall and Alton should have been senior bowl invitees, but, um, you know, it is what it is. Right. I mean, I loved towards the end of the year and I already told Joe this, I love Lakeem Williams just coming on yeah. man. he was awesome at the end of the year and his, his Twitter handle is QB nightmare. And oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> how perfect is that? Because he was freaking awesome this year and I Absolutely. hated to see him. I hate to see yeah. him go. So uh, he was my. No, favorite. I, I wanted to bring. I wanted to bring up that we were way off in our sack uh, predictions. Uh, for, oh, oh my, my gosh, God. that's right. That's Just right. To go back, it's always great to go back in hindsight. We said like above how, ten, right? For for uh, it for was Kendall Coleman, for, right? for each. Yeah, I think yeah, we yeah, had like yeah, a yeah. Total on like twenty-seven Tw- total sacks. <laughs> something. It was. <laughs> was yeah. Well, oh Lakeem Williams gosh. led with four and a half. Yeah, it was a bad year, man. Yeah, and I thought. It looked like uh, to me our secondary regressed a little bit. Um, you can blame injuries a little bit on that, but more or less, I mean, when you watch the defense, it was hard to not see Lakeem Williams just all over the field. I mean, it was even when I was at Duke, when you're you know, at a game watching, and it he was, was just, awesome, dude. He was all over the place. Yeah. So I would have to go him, but I, I do think that Kendall Coleman obviously was a pivotal piece to try to they kept it yeah. together. Yeah. Um, as far as you know, on the defensive line, so. Yeah. So, um, you know, <clears throat> when we looked at the year at the, it, it, you know, in the beginning and, and we had our, we, we just, we were so, Joe just mentioned how far off we were on everything. Um, the biggest disappointment of the year, I think we can all agree. I mean, you know, it was the outcome of the year, right? We can all get, you know, we at least expected a bowl game. Is that fair to say? Yes. Yeah. That's, that's it for me. Very it's not fair being, to say. It's not being in a bowl game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but um, and I think we can all agree with that. But was there any surprises? Was there anything you out of you know that you didn't expect that was a positive? And this one's tough because I thought of this and I'm still thinking of it. <laughs> to be quite honest with you, but uh, I mean, what do you guys think? I love that we used the tight end this year, um, and I hope that continues to grow. Um, I love how the NFL uses a tight end as a means that, you know, as like to basically cut the field in half. And then you have, you know, different route trees or different combos on either side. And then the Dallas Cowboys have been doing this for like a million years. You just run the guy for 10 yards and he's always open. Yeah. Yeah, 
just do that. Like, I mean, I don't know. I'm I a Giants that, fan, so. Uh, and you know better than anybody. Like, yep. he's, he's always open. So, um, and then we got Luke Benson, who can really run. And I think that he's going to be a super threat down the middle. I like Hackett. Um, you know, true freshman. So, he was very impressive. Yeah. Benson. So, I mean, I like, I like where that's going. I hope that we can explore that more. Um, as he, as Tommy gets protection, I really still think that he can definitely be more of an even distributor as time goes on. I think that's the best Tommy that we get. And then, um, but it was good to feel vindicated that we do have good tight ends on the roster, you know, for the first time in a long time, you know, quite frankly. Yeah, and they, yeah, and they used him well too. There's a bunch, bunch of times where um, yeah. he's the go-to, especially on third down or goal line stuff. Too, no, you know, so and that's something to look forward to too, right? Because yeah. when you look at the offenses out of the ball, who are we lose, who do, who are we losing now that Tristan Jackson, but before he even announced, it was Mo, Mo William or sorry, Mo Neal, and it was um, Evan Adams. That's it on the line. So yeah, and as far as much. something, something that was positive. To me, that was unexpected was after two thirds of the year, them making a couple switches after we lost Alexander. They bring in Bergeron, they move Vatarello to center, and Cervase to left tackle. So, again, all we need to do is replace one offensive lineman. And that kind of the difference was the, the positive thing for me. The, the last three games of being able to have some type of running game to be able to balance out the offense so you don't put it all on, on Tommy's arm. Um, that's the positive to me going into next year. And, and I truly, truly believe that the offense is, is going to be, we're not going to see the same offense next year. Yeah. Way too early predictions, guys. Okay. Do we go and this? I'm going to make this easy. I'm going to make it easy. I'm going to make it easy. Stop laughing. Okay. Calm down. <laughs> um uh do we do do we advance five and seven next year like do, you're setting the over uh, under at 5.5 yeah, wins yeah essentially yeah okay yeah that was quick it was very good um yeah, for sure. Well, not for sure. Actually, after what you know, yeah. I had us, you know, playing, you know, on the last game of the season before. We, this I think year, I said so. Orange Bowl. I think I said possible Orange Bowl. Okay, so I said possible playoff. You know, so you know, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of right. course, playoff team. We beat Clemson. Anything's on the table. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, jeez. You know what sucks, man? Are both men that you guys are. Um, there's a good coach at every school now in our not you know in our division, not the conference, because the conference, the other side of the conference is an absolute disaster, which is just it sucks so much that we don't get to play on that side. Right. But I know. long story. You know, watch short, out for North Carolina. They're going to be good. But like everybody else is like, you know, a little bit above average at best. Right. Um, so that whole grouping doesn't scare me at all because whoever we get from that side, actually, I think Georgia tech is going to be really good in a couple of years with the way they're recruiting right now. But again, like there's just too many good coaches in our division. I think uh, that might State's be our crossover be... by the way. So say um, they again, Joe, I said, I think Georgia tech is our crossover next year. Cause oh, we always play, right. we always play pit. Yeah. 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 You're probably right. So well, it's better to get them two years after the Paul Johnson era than four or five. I, or I, I, <laughs> because I totally they're agree, getting man. recruiting class. They're getting top 25 recruiting classes. They're well, in a hotbed, it, there's, so. it, that's the thing is that if you, I, yeah, man, like it was insane that they've been bad. Like, I, I don't know how that program was run like that because it's just so ripe for the taking. And like, 
it's it's a very safe and they had they did have a good hire but you got to know that the triple option is never winning you a national title unless oh, you're no. in 1910 which we're not so that's that thing. but anyway i think six and six is on the table as far as absolutely we win half our games next year because i don't think we treat non-conference the way that we did this year like this year it felt like we just limped through maryland destroyed us like i don't think yeah. any of that happens again next year okay so um so if we trade a win here and there i think we we can do a little bit better but um I'm really af- afraid of what Florida State can become again with their new coach. Yep. I think that they're going to be fantastic. Uh, Louisville is proving to be one of the best jobs in the country, as far or one of the best programs in the country. Because if you just don't have a guy that's an absolute, you know, just off the rails wild man coaching it, they're right back to being in contention in the conference again. So yeah, without um, without skipping a beat too. By the way, I mean, and that's the th- and like it's it's crazy. Um, yeah. They're they're a well oiled machine. Um, you know, we always have to play pit. They're going to be competitive. We just have a tough yep. schedule, man. We have just the most brutal schedule, and um, as far as conference goes, but I think that the team rises to that level of at least being comfortably mid-tier in the conference. Like we yeah. shouldn't be at the bottom again. And then if we start off the year the way that we were running the ball at the end of the year this year, then I think that that's going to be uh, helpful. And another thing to look forward to, and I was checking it out, um, definitely Georgia Tech is our crossover at home next year. Okay. And uh, looking looking in the non-conference, um, at, sh- uh, at Rutgers. Oh, <laughs> nice. no. Are you serious? <laughs> yep. First game of the season at Rutgers. Oh, my oh, gosh. Home, home against Colgate. Who's Rutgers? Yeah. Then at Western Michigan, and then home against Liberty. So a Liberty again? Favorable. Wow, we did. That's a, a very. I love it's, that. A, it's a favorable. Yeah, me too. And to that. me, that's better than the non-conference schedule we've seen in many, many years. So many years. Yeah, that that to me screams four zero. I love that we get to go play Shiano Man at Rutgers. It's gonna be. I love it. Awesome. When he said <laughs> that they were gonna be number one in the country at some point. I sent that to all my friends. Like I was like, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> oh, he said that recently. Like, yeah, he said that like at you know how Coach Babers, uh, you know how every coach does like uh, oh, you're yeah. gonna stand mm-hmm. in the half court of the basketball mm-hmm. game, you know your first one after you get hired and yeah. do the pep rally. Yeah, he did totally. that and he said because of you, that's why we're gonna be number one. That was that. You know, yeah, that's hilarious. And that was it. I'll tell you what, man. He he took that region over and took some guys from us back in the day, and I hope that that doesn't come to fruition again. Hey, the Big Ten goes through Piscataway. Just write it down. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the ACC goes through Syracuse, right? Absolutely. <laughs> you got it. So six and six. Yeah, I think six and six is is fair. That's that's a fair. And you know I, what? You, you know, it's kind of cool about that too. Is that it's an improvement, so we can actually be happy about that. <laughs> right, mm-hmm. right, 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 right. Like we couldn't just go from four and eight to like five and seven and work our way up. Right. We had to go from <laughs> one game from at a time. four to eight to ten and two or whatever the hell it was ended up being. You know, and it's like it it screwed us up. It screwed us up really bad. And you know, we yeah, said thank, it. We said it a number of times. Yeah, uh, we said it a number of times <laughs> that coach was like telling us to pump the brakes. And he just didn't want to come out and say pump the brakes. But he was saying pump the brakes. He was like, you know, let's ease up, guys. Ease up. And no one wanted to listen to him. Well, <laughs> barring any crazy injuries, I think at this point this year, 
or next year, we'll be watching them play a bowl game versus talking about 2021. Yeah, I, yeah, I totally agree. I think we should be playing like today. I think the 20 like in one of the bowl games today, you know, like a, not like one of the bottom tier ones, like the Shreveport Bowl, like yesterday. No. Um, <laughs> did you watch that game? By the way? Dude, That's the dude. worst game ever. Are you talking about Miami, Louisiana Tech? <laughs> yes, oh, yes. God, oh, dude. my gosh. 14 to that nothing. Was, 14 nothing. Yeah, I had that on at work because I had nothing else to do. I was like, oh, I, I so it, bad. I caught it halfway through and I'm like, what the heck? What the hell's going on here? La Tech, you know, they're they're definitely the best of like their little grouping. But like, come on. Zero points. Zero points. Zero, zero points. Zero. Yeah. zero points. Yeah. Yeah. That was sad, <sighs> but didn't know Louisiana Tech was known for their defense, but. Yeah, they actually still... have put guys in the league. Ironically, again, you know, like oh, yeah. they are the best of their grouping, but it, it, it was justified that their coordinator got fired today. Isn't that where yeah. Terry Bradshaw oh, played? Yeah. Wait, hold on. A that second. guy's awful. Didn't, yeah, did Terry Bradshaw play at La Tech with yeah. Phil, with Phil yeah. Robertson? Yeah, with the Duck Dynasty guy. Yeah, Phil Robertson. Yeah, yeah. My fiance's dad played baseball at La Tech. Oh no, there, kidding. There we go. There you go. Was drafted as well, so no they had another claim to fame. Nice, boom. Uh, all right. Well, look, that's about all of uh, Tyler and Joe I could handle. I don't know about <laughs> you guys, but, <laughs> but what I did you? Okay, real quick, did you guys touch on the recruiting class at all? I haven't been. We I've are. Been do, we are. Super we're deep doing. Into, you can give your thoughts a little bit after you. Yeah, yeah. We're we're gonna we're gonna piggyback on on the recruiting class. Um, after this and put it all together as one, but you can feel free to give your thoughts. Go ahead. I actually like watched a couple guys tape this year, which I feel really good about myself for doing that. Cause this is the first time I've ever like really cared because when you, it's like having a bad pro team, all you got to do is like scout, you know, the, the, the next round of talent coming in. So, um, whereas last year I was very fixated on the actual, you know, team at team, yeah. you know, the, the scholarship guys, but I think that there's a couple guys that are a little underrated in this class that could oh, prove oh, out to oh. be really good. But I don't know overseas football, and I also don't know <laughs> Canadian football. Right. Like they're saying the guy for Oklahoma State, the running back, Chuba uh, Johnson Hubbard? or whatever his name, Chuba Hubbard, yeah. He ran for like 28,000 yards in Canada or something like that. It's like, okay, well, like I, how can I take that seriously? But he's also like an All-American in D1, so – yeah. I don't. I don't they're know. Beat, they're think, beating in Texas A&M right now. So. so look, you know, hey, I don't. I don't know. Um, I, but I, those are the only guys I don't know. Like you know, g- German players, I I can't right. know until I know. But I think you know, from the guys that we did get, I think all the Florida guys, the Miami guys, they look great. Um, and then the Northeastern guys too. Um, I'm really yeah. glad that it seems like we addressed one position of need at least. You know, we signed one guy almost everywhere, which is, that's a balanced class because we need balance just moving forward in general, just depth at every position. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I like how they, uh, the running backs they got, there was a little bit of the lightning and the thunder. And I think that we've seen that with, with Babers and the way that he's gotten like the Jarvion Howards and Juar Jordans. And he's totally, you, you know, what type of running backs he's going to get. Uh, they brought in a, a tight end from CNY who, uh, seems to kind of fit right in the mold with Hackett and uh, some of the other guys. Um, but one of the guys that I liked, and uh, me and uh, Sean uh, were going to hit up uh, a lot, was uh, Justin Barron from uh, Connecticut there. They say he's listed as like a four position. that like He could play receiver, tight end, defensive back, or 
what was he like six four two ten or something, Sean? Yeah. Yeah. Or he dude. could play linebacker. And when yeah, you watch he could his play tape, it's anything. like Yeah. But I feel like he kind of gets a bad rap because he plays in Connecticut, right? So For I don't sure. know. But his quarterback right. or I mean, he was a four or five star guy at his high school, so it's like you can't right. But I don't get these guys, man. Like, I don't know. Like, you know, Chandler Jones was like unranked. Justin Pugh was unranked. You know, it's right. like, you know, I don't know. Um, I played against guys in high school that were four and five star guys that didn't even play at their respective college teams. That happens right. all the time here in Texas. I think that Coach Bayers has given me enough to go on the fact that, like, we can kind of guess what the level of talent that he's bringing in is. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if that means, you know, like, we can kind of project like, okay, we're, we should be about this good with these players. Like to make the next step, we'd have to go up a little bit in recruiting right. to really get there. Um, but in order to get there, you have to win with lesser talent at some point for a higher rate of recruit to trust you. But we're actually getting some of those guys that are tweener guys that are ranked really high three stars that in right. my mind, when I watch them like a Baron, you're like, if this guy was only a, a free safety or only you know, uh, a Z receiver, then maybe he's better, you know, and then right. he flashes more at that one position. But I think coach is just like, Oh, a guy that can play six positions. Let's go. Like, what if I just stand him up and rush him off the edge? Like, right. You know, like who knows what he would do? Right. You know, like, and, can he take snaps under center? I don't know. Like, he, like I need something out of this guy. Right. Or so. if, he, if he played in the state of Florida and he, showed out just like he did and he was would he be a four star what would his ranking be right I right mean, if he talked, was if he was running past guys in miami in the, just the same as he was in connecticut yeah and then you think okay well it, it gives you better context that's all right we're, like we're lacking oh, yeah. context yeah, right and that's, and that's kind of the big thing. one of the same i mean irv phillips came from connecticut right and he was awesome he, i loved her right oh yeah 100 percent. and he came out as a running back and he they turned him into a slot receiver and he ends up what making it in the nfl right he was right. Uh, on the roster with tampa bay so um, I think some of those Northeast guys, sometimes they, they get a little bit of a bad rap just based upon the region and the competition that, that they play. And, and also hitting on what you're talking about with not rated and stuff. Uh, a lot of fans don't understand that a lot of these recruiting, these recruiting services don't rank everybody. Uh, you know, they have camps and, and they go to certain states. But, you know, Ben LeBrosse, one of the safeties that we got um, out of Quebec, Montreal, um, he was non non-rated. I remember he committed and everyone's like, oh, non-rated this. Well, since we got signed, now the recruiting service went and they rated him. They checked him out. They recruited him. They had him as an 87. He was a high, almost a four star. Right. So it's like these little things. But he had offers from nobody else. So it's like you see these <laughs> little things and it's and, and fans just don't understand it. And I know that you've been through it and you understand it a lot more than than even I do. And especially the fans. So. But it is very hard when you get these three stars. It's it's you can't just it doesn't mean that they're not going to be an NFL player or you can't be comparable to another five star somewhere else. Is all 100 percent. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the best example I can give or the only example I'll give is like the best player I ever played against um, or the best lineman I played against. Uh, our best two. One was like a three star and he played at Oregon State for Coach Kavanaugh. Yeah. Um, and the other guy. He was probably like 5'11", and, but it was just like a very good football player. I don't even think he played college football. Like he just didn't get any love because he was 5'11". Right. But he was legitimately like better than some of the guys that I played with at Q's because he was just <laughs> so good at playing football. Like he just didn't care that he was short. Right. And, um, you know, so he probably, I don't know. I'd have to go check and see if that guy played anywhere in college. But um, 
but he was really good because he was like 5'11", but he had to have had like a seven-foot wingspan. The guy like poked me in the eye one play, and I was like, <laughs> still, I was like on the ball. So, And that's just goes to show because I would look up everybody in high school being like, hey, like who am I going against? Is there anybody that's good? Because right. I would want to go against that guy and be like, hey, I want to put this guy on my tape, and then you know, right. yada, yada. And then I'll, You're building so. your resume, yeah. So. Totally, yeah. So, I mean, I would look into it, and most of the time it was just – it was complete like up in the air stuff like it was right. just pure conjecture so oh, with that said now have you had enough Sean <laughs> sorry <laughs> with that said Tyler thanks for coming on buddy we appreciate it like I said you're more than welcome to come on anytime you know you got my number all you gotta do is, is let me know if you're feeling the itch or whatever you want to do you know that so, um, we appreciate it. Love your insight. Um, and good luck, whatever you're going to be doing. You got all winter to work on it in summer, right? Pretty much. Yeah. yeah I think so. it's actually going to be decided a little bit sooner than later. So well, that's good. Hopefully that's, uh, Anything you can because there's, if I don't get a spot at one college here locally, then it's just going to be probably one of two high schools so it's like it's like if the if the one domino doesn't fall it's a pretty easy like line to see where like it ends up so well that's cool man well everybody obviously (laughs) wishes you um yeah man good luck so um and you're welcome back anytime so thank you tyler and we'll talk to you later buddy tell your cat i said goodbye (laughs) (laughs) Otto, Otto, tyler said goodbye well, you had him in your hand a second ago, so I yeah. just wanted to make sure that he knew that I noticed him. Okay. Yeah. Cat lover. All right, we are going to get into the 2020 recruiting class for Syracuse football. But first, as always, we are going to hear from the good folks over at my bookie, past, present, and future. My bookie players, pay attention. If you have bet online before with another sports book, try my bookie out. I've got a promo code for you to use. If you have not bet before online, go ahead, check it out, see if it's right for you. But once you decide it's right for you, uh, join my bookie. It doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player or a first-time customer, my bookie welcomes all that come to play. So quit waiting around and sign up today. If you find yourself, maybe you have some questions or things like that, well, don't worry about it. My bookie's patient customer service team can walk you through any question that you have. Uh, and the best part is if you join now, you log on to mybookie.ag today and you make your first deposit using the promo code chair, that's C-H-A-I-R, my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar to jumpstart that bankroll. One more time, that's mybookie.ag. Sign up today. Use the promo code chair and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar to jumpstart that bankroll up to a thousand dollars as always, folks. Um, as if you didn't already know, my bookie.ig. Thanks. You uh, play, you win, you get paid. All right, Joe. Yes, sir. So, all right, let's talk some recruits. So, let's do it. Uh, according to 247 Sports, this recruiting class is ranked 56th in the nation, 10th in the ACC. Uh, how do you, I mean, that doesn't hold a ton of water. It's just, no, it's just something to gauge it with. So, right. um, you never know. Could be worse. Could be a whole lot better. Uh, so some of the top commits 
were uh, Damian Alfred, uh, wide receiver, uh, Stephen Maher, uh, tight end, and Latir Kin- Kinsler Jr. Uh, he is a defensive end linebacker. And, you know, there was, there were some notables, I guess, Joe. Um, Chris Bleich, Blake, uh, one yes. or the other, offensive line transfer. Now, he's not going to get to play. He's going to have to sit out. But he will have two years of eligibility remaining. Class of 2018 originally was a three-star recruit out of Pennsylvania. He started eight games for Florida. But he he transferred after losing. He entered the um, the portal after losing his yeah. starting job. Yeah. Well, he is uh, obviously somebody that is probably going to be able to come in and help right away. You're talking about a guy that's over 300 pounds. He was in uh, you know at Florida for full two years with his red shirt. Um, and as far as him being ready, uh, I think they are putting in a waiver, some type of something, to see if he can't um, play immediately. Because I do know they were saying that he moved. Closer to home because of, um, I think, family, medical family stuff. So, oh, so sometimes, the, sometimes the NCAA um, <clears throat> allows those type of things to – no, I'd hope so. I mean, they let, they're let they letting quarterbacks just play without sitting out just because they don't get the starting job at their school. So if a player has got a legit you know, reason to, I, I, to what, train. How do you feel about the – how do you feel about this sitting out rule? How do you even how – how do you feel about it personally? Uh, I just think that they have to figure out uh, cut and dry, make it right. easy so that people know one way or another. We shouldn't have to be right. – it shouldn't be one of these things where we put in a put in a waiver or you put in some type of something and, and it's people basically gotta, up to that. Right. right. It's, a, it's a people opinion thing, right? right? So yeah. if somebody – to me personally, if somebody's moving because of family medical issues and they want to move three hours closer to home, you know, because he is from Pennsylvania. So it's Syracuse University is three hours from his hometown compared to Florida. Um then I think that that's a better reason for someone to not have to sit out uh, for a year than just somebody transferring because they didn't win the starting job. Yeah, I mean, let's 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 either have the rule or not have the rule. And and, right. and to be quite honest with you, even if it was black or white, I don't necessarily like the rule. Um, you know, people can have their own opinion about it. The way I look yeah. at it is that you just got to cut and dry and make it. Um, you got to make it kind of cut and dry as far as either you know, it's a rule or it's what not. it is. Right. Right. Totally. Yeah. You have the rules and you kind of know it shouldn't just be left, left up for debate and you know, the biases and the favoritism that go on in the NCAA. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and some other big news for this 2020 recruiting class was Syracuse um, building a pipeline to Europe. To Germany, <laughs> two Germans, uh, three-star Juku offensive tackle Mark Petri. Uh, he's a German native, obviously, uh, and he spent a year at Ellsworth Community College. But he committed to Eastern Michigan in November. But um, we pried him away, obviously. So, right. and then Maximilian Mang, uh, the the other one here. This is a this is kind of a big one, I I think. I mean. Um, <laughs> He's a maniac anyway. Um, so he, actually, two things. Syracuse is the only one to really extend an offer uh, to Maximilian. But in Mark Petri, these guys really aren't rated because they're from Germany. So there's really nothing to go off of other than their size. Right, Joe? I mean, well, I mean, Petri was uh, he played in a community college, but it wasn't uh, I don't think a really like known community college. Um, again, sometimes these guys from Europe, they uh 
they sometimes lack the, the, the credits to be able to get to a university. So a lot of times you got to go the community college way, but that is not the case for, for Maximilian Mang. So yeah. Hey, you never know. I mean, I looked at it. Um, there's a uh, between PPI recruits It's basically the biggest, uh, European, um, recruit service that they have. And, uh, there's a lot of, I have mean, checked it out. There's a lot of countries involved. I mean, you're talking Belgium, Sweden, Czech, I mean, there's Czech Republic. There's, there's recruiting guys. There's guys that go out there and they try to find athletes that may have outgrown their na- their nation's sport and try to introduce them to, to this sport and try to get them into universities. And, and they're trying to, you know, obviously do the things that they did with Maximilian Mang. And there's names out there, uh, that we haven't, you know, heard of and, you know, it's happened before, but, uh, yeah, it's very interesting. Um, I guess it's one of those things where you really never know, right? Yeah. It's weird. Germany. I mean, it's just out of the or it's, it's not your, you know, well, for a while there, there was NFL Europe. So there was a lot of, you know, NFL stuff up there. And I mean, NFL is growing all over the place and all over the world. Uh, we play in England, we play in Mexico city now. Uh, so, Obviously, there's the CFL, and, and I mean, we've been we've been getting Canadian recruits for however many years. So, um, it's growing, and, and it's fucking it's interesting to watch and interesting to see on that on that website. If you go check it out on the PPI recruits, um, just all the different countries that actually are involved and where these kids actually are from. So, um, you never really know how big it's going to grow, uh, but. Just like soccer, lacrosse, some of the other things that have grown in our country, I think that that's a sport that's growing worldwide. And um, I don't know, maybe we're onto something. Maybe it's something that we can get ahead of the curve and, and help us out. Um, let's see. There was a lot of pretty decent recruits signed. There was a couple that we missed out on. Wide receiver Kentron Poitier. Uh, he was um, down to Syracuse, Florida, Florida State. And on uh, last Wednesday, obviously, he ended up uh, picking um, the Seminoles. So he also had offers from Alabama, Georgia, Michigan, Oregon, Auburn, Tennessee, Virginia. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, A lot of of good schools offered this kid. So kind of a big miss, but uh, a position where, I don't know. We're okay. No, I'll tell you what. I mean, yeah, but I mean, just recently, Tristan Thompson – Obviously, he Jackson. Or sorry, just Tristan Jackson. Tristan Thompson. Tristan Jackson. He, he declared to the NFL draft. So obviously, that's a lot of of targets and receptions that are going to have to be replaced. And you know, it's it's hard for me sometimes to think. You know, I, I try to think differently and stuff like that because we did lose a lot of. I mean, on top of Kentron Portier, we lost him. Yeah, you know, the the day of you know early signing day. But going before that, I mean, we lost Malik Mega to. Uh, Penn State. We lost Bryce Gowdy to Georgia Tech. We lost uh, Vine. I think it was Cornelius Vines uh, to uh, Iowa. So some of our top-rated receivers um, that we had targeted and that were interested in us, they didn't choose us. And it would have been interesting to see if they maybe would have if they knew that that Tristan Jackson wouldn't be there this year. So yeah, I mean, don't, don't really like the right. timing on that. But obviously, you know, it's just as a fan being, you know. <laughs> being selfish as a fan because obviously Tristan Jackson has yeah all the you know the the choice in the world to be able to choose that so yeah and also another another one that was i mean notable was Akeem Mesador um he was out of Canada or uh, yeah Ontario so three-star linebacker he ended up picking uh West Virginia so 
Yep. Um, and we lost a couple lost a couple defensive linemen. We lost we lost a lot of our guys to the Penn States and Pittsburghs of the world. The, you know, some of the regional guys that that could have pushed this class a little bit higher, um, maybe into the top high 40s, mid 40s, and maybe down to the single digits of the ACC. But overall, I thought that you know we did good to to identify our next level guys and get those guys. So as these recruiting two four seven sports, and when you look at that. The, when you when you read these guys off and you start talking about their ratings, just keep in mind that a three star is a rating anywhere between an eighty and an eighty nine. So that's going to give you the scale of how close they were to a four star or how close they were to a bottom level three star, maybe two star. So um, just keep that in mind when when we go through these ratings because yeah, it kind of tells a little bit of a story too. You hear you know three star, three star, three star. Well, it's actually pretty decent. So uh, w- another disappointment in in we're gonna. <laughs> We'll move on from the disappointments first. I'm trying to get these yeah. out of the way. Um, right. Uh, UNC transferred Cade Fortin. He, yeah. he he decided to commit to University of South Florida. So, um, you know. Wasn't even on his top three. Yeah, which is weird. So, I mean, he had offers from Vanderbilt and Kansas and apparently South Florida. So, uh, yeah. he, he, he chose there. He wants to play. I feel like that's probably um, – obviously the main reason for that but right. but we did not pick up a quarterback in the early signing period yeah well, he left north carolina because he wanted to play right so yeah exactly so anyway um one more thing uh chase atkinson he was a verbal commit defensive back and he's a three-star prospect as well he is waiting until february to sign and he committed to the orange verbally back in july but he is going to he, he decided to hold off so we will not count our chickens before the eggs hatch. So just just for the hell of it here, zero quarterbacks, two running backs, three wide receivers, two tight ends, two offensive linemen, uh, four defensive linemen, one linebacker, three uh, defensive backs, and one uh, kicker. So our, was he a punter? Oh, fine. He's both. Yeah. Okay. He's a kicker, so that's punter. That's how right. Hoffrichter came into. Okay. So... Uh, there was also Charles Bell, which we already talked about, which is why, uh, as a decommit, that's why I didn't really get into that. So, yeah. uh, at the that one t- hurt a little. That one hurt a little bit, but we already wiped our tears from that, right? So, yep. um, I'm going to do these two as a duo, Sean. Uh, Sean. Joe. I'm Sean, <laughs> yep. but there is another Sean. I'm looking at his name right here. It's Sean Tucker. Talking in the first person. <laughs> 5'10", 190, uh, ranking 900, three-star, 86 overall rating according to 247 Sports. And I'm getting all my stuff here, just so you know, if you want to reference it. Um, Orangefizz.net put together a great a great little guide for you. And you can also go to 247 Sports, obviously. Um, those are the two sites that, I mean, if I'm looking up recruiting stuff and I need it now, uh, Orange yep. Fizz, Orange Fizz, in in twenty four seven sports are probably my two favorites. So anyway, uh, offers from Air Force, Kent State, Rutgers, and Wisconsin, and also look, you've got this guy. He's super fast, right? right. And he's coming in with Marlo Wax, who's six foot two nineteen, uh, twelve hundred and fifty six r- ranking, three star, eighty four overall. Uh, all these are according to 247 Sports. Um, offers right. from East Carolina, Marshall, Pittsburgh, Kent State, and Temple and Toledo. And this guy is like, they they say this combo here between Sean Tucker and Marlo Wax is like speed and strength. So, you know, you've got, oh, yeah. you've got a guy pushing, 
200 and then you got a guy that's six foot you know 220 basically so yeah and i think this is the the running back trend that i think we've seen from babers from the beginning right as you get these these kind of guys that can catch the ball out of the backfield and are lightning fast can make plays you know like a jawar jordan i mean we saw what he could do near the end of the year last year uh versus a jarvion howard a moneal versus an abdul adams and now you see you know, a Sean Tucker versus a Marlo West, six foot two nineteen. That's pretty well put together for a senior in high school. Absolutely, that's I mean, a big that's, dude. Be honest here, okay? Yeah. So, and when you look at uh, you know, Tucker, and according to this, uh, the Orange Fizz guide there that he's reportedly been clocked in at a four point two eight forty. Uh, now, probably there's probably some discrepancies with that and everything, but either way, if you <laughs> even if that's a little wrong, what if, if that's a four three four? Are we really? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, you're, you're, again, this is a perfect example of the two type of backs that um that Babers likes to get, and um he he got a duo this time as well. So yeah, it's exciting coming in at the same time too. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, and, uh, this is kind of again what we're going to expect, right? We're going to have a couple guys that are you know that's more like the lightning and thunder back in the day, like the Giants had, right? Exactly. Had Bradshaw and Barber and Jacobs, right? right? Or Jacobs, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Athletic position wide receiver Tre- uh, Trevor Penna uh, out of New Jersey, 5'11", 180, uh, 1,457th ranking, three-star, 84, 84 overall, um, offers from Temple Albany Air Force. He's listed as an athlete with um, the, you know ton of speed. Um, he's played running back in high school, but he's a versatile guy. So, Yeah, and again, I think it's probably pronounced Pena. But Pena, either way, yeah. what I say, um, Pena, Pena, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's <not laughs> this is the show. Look, everybody loves this show. I like it. No, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> everybody loves this show, including Joe, because this is where, like, as I said, you know, I, 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 there will be names butchered. Yes. Names will die here. Okay, so yep. you'll have to forgive me. Go on, Joe. So this, the, the one thing that excites me here, and again, it's not going to excite some people because, um, again, it's. You know, uh, a guy that Special doesn't have guy, huge right? offer seats, right? He was verbally committed to Temple, and then he flipped from Temple to us. Um, and obviously, he's got some versatility, athlete slash wide receiver. So, again, you're talking running back, uh, slot receiver, probably even some defensive need be. So, again, these versatile guys that, that we can try to fit in where we need for our depth um, is kind of, again – it's a trend that we do see with uh, some of these three-star athlete guys that that Babers gets, which I do like because of obviously the versatility and and how you can move people around. But also the other thing, and this is something that always kind of catches my eye, and I can give you a couple examples that um, past four or five years, Eric Dungy and um, the uh, God, why can't I think of his name? He's the he was the linebacker last year, turned from safety to linebacker. He graduated last year. Oh, um, he did. Um, he did uh, the show, too. <laughs> what the hell was the show called? And I'll, t- I'll be able to tell you his name. Whitner. Uh, Whit- yeah. Keelan Whitner. Keelan Whitner. Yeah. Yep. Dungey and Whitner. They had very similar Which- offer sheets. They had these low level. You know, the I mean, because he was out west, right, uh, Derek Dungy. So he had like the Wyoming's and the stuff. But he also had the Air Forces and the armies and that kind of stuff. So whenever I see Air Force, Army, those kind of guys, uh, you need to be a certain type of person. If you got our Air Force, Army, Navy, those type of guys, you know, the military service is coming out and, and offering you uh, 
um, these scholarships. And obviously you have to be open to that to begin with, which tells a lot about your character. So, and again, when you see that kind of stuff, you see the Keelan winners and the Eric Dungeys, you saw the leadership, you saw the maturity, you saw the guys that were team players. And when I see that type of, when I see the army air force, the, the, the military schools as some of these guys top, you know, um, their top uh, offers, then that um, that always kind of gets me intrigued and excited about what type of not only player but uh, teammate and, yeah. and, and leader they can be. Yeah. Oh, um, Damian Alford, wide receiver out of Florida, 6'5", 7 763rd, three-star, uh, 86 overall. Uh, offers from Florida, Georgia, Florida State, Tennessee, West Virginia, Miami, Penn State, and Kentucky, making him – um, one of the most impressive, most of the one of the most impressive offer sheets um, that ended up committing to this 2020 class. Also, um, he he actually I say he's from Florida, but he's a Canadian that moved to Florida before his senior season right. in high school. So, well, yeah, and that probably helped with uh, being able to get him to New York. But again, we we do get the the Florida guys. I mean, you know how many look at? I mean, we can throw Javante Williams, the next guy in there. He's from Florida as well. Six foot one ninety six, so he's a little bit of a different, um, different wide receiver. But both of them are from Florida. Both of them three stars. A six four eighty six overall, eighty five. I mean, do you know how many receivers from Florida are eighty five, eighty six? Like right in the middle of the three stars that are right there. So, um, again, when you look at these guys and you see the offer sheets, the Alfred getting offer sheets from Florida, Georgia, Florida State, Tennessee, West Virginia, Miami, Penn State, those kind of guys. Even Jonathan Williams, um, Oregon, Miami. Indiana, you know, Big Ten schools. So when you see these guys, I mean, I'll take receivers out of Florida all day long because, uh, I mean, it's like throwing a dart. You have five or six of them that are 85, 86 overall. Let's throw a dart and see which one sticks, right? Um, so, again, you never know which ones are going to be good. They, but, again, I'll always take, uh, you know, middle-of-the-road three-star athletes from, from Florida all day long. All right, just real quick. Um, Javante Williams out of Florida, like you mentioned, six foot one ninety six, uh, three star, eighty fifth overall, and you mentioned his offer sheet. Uh, next, we will go to uh, Justin Barron. Now, this is one we've talked about, and a couple of these names are going to be familiar, but we uh, definitely touched on this kid, six four two ten. Um, three star, 84.3 overall, um, Boston college offer from Pittsburgh air force, FIU and Fordham. And apparently the coaching staff is in a squabble, um, deciding which, which, which coaches, the offensive coaches or the defensive coaches get this guy to play. for. (laughs) So that's a good problem to have. Yeah. Well, yeah. When you see next to his name, wide receiver, tight end linebacker, D back, uh, then yeah, it's kind of <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that they're going to be all fighting for, it, but at the end of the day, you know that that Babers is going to put him uh, where he's going to help the team best. Um, and you never know if it's a position early that he can come in and help early, and then maybe you know after a few years, uh, maybe get a little bit bigger, stronger transition to another position. Then hey, you never know. I mean, again, that's what Whitner did, right? He started out of safety, yeah. moved up to linebacker. Um, who's to say this guy can't start off as receiver, maybe move up to tight end when he gets big enough to maybe block these ACC um, level defensive ends and, and linebackers. But overall, um, I look at his tape. I watch this guy again. I think probably very good character based upon the, the military school offers. And again, 
Boston College and Pittsburgh offers those. I mean, when you're talking about our our, our regional rivals, we, we need to beat those guys out, especially when you're talking about ACC regional rivals. So this is a guy that I think is probably better than his rating, but probably gets a little bit of a negative or some minus points because of where he plays and the competition level that he plays at. Um, being out of Connecticut, but this is one guy I'm definitely, definitely excited for. Yeah, we were excited for him before, and I believe he was on Tyler's show. Just throwing that out there. I'm almost positive. I listened to that. So, okay. uh, uh, Tight end, Stephen Marr, uh, out of Rochester, and it's important to get these guys too. 6'5", 225, three-star, 86 overall. Uh, his ranking was 819th, uh, offers from Boston College, Buffalo, and UConn. And he is one of the highest rated commits in this cycle. And you've got Aaron Hackett. And, uh, you know, he's going to be a senior next year. So maybe someone that can fill the spot for him coming right. coming in 2021. Yeah. Well, again, uh, you see that we really don't go that deep when it comes to tight ends. Uh, when we look back, Ravion Pierce, good receiving tight end. I don't know how much he helped with the run game, and then he did have some some bonehead uh, plays and stuff like that. So going back to this year, I think we lost a little bit receiver-wise. I mean, Aaron Hackett did surprise and did do well in some some spots, but uh, he's going to play the guys that can block. So, um, again, Benson started getting a little bit of burn in there, and I, we saw the, the receiving um, with him. So as long as we, we can get these guys, and especially considering that this seems to be a position that we can get um, – around the local area, considering that that's, you know, we got the one that obviously he became medically, um, gave her in last year yeah. from Baldensville. He became medically uh, disqualified, but yeah. again, come in, he's going to come in and then we won't necessarily need him next year. He's going to be able to bulk up. Uh, we're going to have, um, we're going to have Benson and we're going to have Hackett, like you said. And, and so, this is a guy that we just got to look forward to in the future. And once Hackett's gone, then hopefully this guy's going to be able to move, step up just like Benson did and help out and, and fill that void. Uh, we talked about Maximilian Mang, but um, we could touch on him here really quick. Tight end, defensive end, six seven two thirty, And like I said, he's got no rating from 247. But um, those are, we I didn't give his size before. so. Uh, yeah. Well, I did see in that PPI uh, recruit that he did – he was recently before that he was uh, he was marked as a receiver and you could tell he was a little bit skinnier. So you could tell that maybe he didn't get that offer, or get that chance playing the receiver. So it looked like he had made um, he had bulked up and tried to go the tight end way. So, you know, defense end could always be there prospect wise. But uh, this looks like he's he's a guy that wants to catch catch passes, man. So uh, he's got hopefully he should have better than average feet for a big guy playing soccer and stuff like that over there. Uh, so, again, um, I just hope that that he can come in and he can stick. But there's no doubt there's going to be a learning curve. And, and I wouldn't expect anything from this guy year one, maybe even year two. So, um, Offensive guard, D-lineman, Josh Aloha. Help me out here. Yeah, I, th- I would say exactly what you said. Okay. There you go. <laughs> okay. Would you say it three times, though? <laughs> or try three times? Uh, six, <laughs> six, three, two, eighty, eight, uh, 1,845th, three-star, 83rd, 83 overall, um, offers from ECU, Hawaii, Elon, Illinois, Colorado State, James Madison, Kent State. So, um, you know, yeah. offensive line guy. And I, I mean, I'm sure that's probably where they're going to try to stick him if he's any good. So, yeah. Well, they say he's got the athleticism. He's played along the whole, the, like all of the line, a little bit of tight end, 
offensive line, defensive line. So again, this is just a guy that brings him kind of an athletic big man, uh, not a crazy impressive um, offer sheet. But again, um, when it comes to three stars and stuff like this, most of them aren't ready to come in and, and help right away. It's it's how they get bigger, faster, stronger, and how the coaches, you know, how coachable they are, and how and how the coaches can can make them improve and, and get ready in, in one or two years. So this is a guy that gives us the, that optional that option in depth for optional different positions. So offensive tackle Garth Barkley. Um, we talked about this guy before from uh, York, Pennsylvania, six seven two fifty. This kid does not look six seven two fifty. <laughs> I'm just saying hey, he looks, looks straight. Looks can be deceiving, man. I know it's crazy. Um, his ranking, uh, one thousand one hundred forty seven three star, eighty five overall. UVA, Temple, UMass, Buffalo, Bowling Green, and Central Michigan were his other offers. There, um, we did we did talk about this guy before we looked at his tape and stuff like that. Right. He does not look like he's built like an offensive tackle, but um, big dude, man. He just does not look that big. I got to say it's deceiving. He No, it does. I mean, yes. And again, this is a guy that, you know, is going to have to put on weight. He's not going to be able to come in and help us next year. But when you look at his potential making all state on offense and defense two years in a row from the state of Pennsylvania, I think he was ranked like the 14th best player in the, from the state of Pennsylvania. And, they they bring out a lot of recruits. So again, this is just a guy that needs to be able to to bulk up. Um, he, again, he's he's really good on both sides, but they project him as as an offensive tackle. I mean, being six seven, and I mean, according to Orange Fizz, he jumped recently in the ratings from eighty one to eighty five from two four seven Sports. So that's a pretty big rating jump. And um, again, this could be one of those guys that. Two years from now, we're looking at you know, a three-year starter on the offensive tackle. Yeah, that would be awesome. Uh, we talked about um, Mark Petrie, but I yep. didn't, give, I didn't uh, give you his listings here. 6'5", 265, three-star, uh, 80 overall, according to 247. Offers uh, from, well, he, he flipped from Michigan, uh, Eastern Michigan. Uh, we talked right. about that, Juco transfer. So uh, anything else you want to say about him or you want to? Keep it no, I mean, I like his I like his size. He's probably an 80 overall based upon the community college he went to and the fact that he's, you know, a recruit from Germany. So, again, yeah. there's a lot of unknowns there. But 6'5", 265, I'll take that. He is the lowest rated recruit in the class. But, I mean, just throwing right. that out there as an official stat, but that means, uh, means nothing. Uh, right. James Williams. Um, he is the punter kicker. We talked about him when he verbaled six one one eighty two fifth overall punter and the twelfth overall kicker in the class. This is the Coles thing. Remember we talked yeah. about this, Joe? Uh, yeah. 80, 80, 82 overall. Um, he had offers from Hawaii and Air Force and Army. Air Force and Army, both after him. That's pretty cool. So, yeah. um, this is probably someone that's going to be able to come in right away. And seeing that uh, Sterling's. Um, Sterling's um, out of el- eligibility. So, um, right. And, ag- and again, too, this comes. This also comes down to the fact where a lot of kickers sometimes they can get gray shirted uh, or they can get a preferred walk on, which means basically that they're not guaranteed a, a scholarship. Right? Uh, schools. Um, obviously, we only have so many scholarships that we're allowed to have, and uh, not too many schools like holding, you know, three, four scholarships because of kickers. So, um, a lot of times, you know, and you've seen it with us, right? I mean, look at our kicker Schmidt. He was a walk on, right? So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. 
Right. So again, you can't really look at the offer sheet when it comes to kickers and stuff like that, because a lot of times the, 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 the big schools that are interested, the Alabama's all that they're the ones that they try to, they have interest, but they don't want to give you the scholarship. Right. So I think that's one thing that you have seen with Syracuse is that they're willing to go out there and, and offer those scholarships to these type of kickers, because I mean, let's be honest, not every team needs a kicker punter every single year. Right. So there's a lot of schools that aren't even looking for these type of players. Um, and then if they are, a lot of the big time ones, you know, like Alabama's and Georgia's of the world, they try to use their name to just get them in the door. But, you know, not everyone wants to pay for college. Not everyone doesn't doesn't like the whole prospect of not having a guaranteed scholarship. So in this case, this is going to be somebody that comes in and replaces Sterling Hoffrick. They're just fine. Uh, Latari Kinsler, defensive end linebacker, another boy out of Florida, 6'2", 204, 668th ranking, three-star, 87 overall, offers from Miami, LSU, Oregon, Louisiana, Texas A&M, and Penn State. That's a that's a nice offer sheet right there. Highest-rated recruit in the 2020 class, four-star on some sites, according to orangefizz.net. Uh, yep. He committed to Louisville early and then um, flipped, so obviously. Right. And this is a guy, this is obviously the one thing I see here that's kind of showing is you see, you know, six two two oh four, right? So obviously with being a DN, the guy's athletic, he's disruptive, he's a speed edge rusher, and uh, he's obviously got the frame to grow and obviously build that muscle. And this is one of those things where it reminds me a little bit of Kendall Coleman, where he didn't look like he had may have had the size when he first came in, but he came in as a freshman and because he was so fast and disruptive, it didn't really matter that he had that he didn't have the weight. Now, he did run into some injury concerns um, because, obviously, there's a wear and tear. And when you're going against 300-pound offensive linemen from the ACC, then that can get a little, uh, you know, rough. But overall, I mean, this is the, you might be looking at one of the guys that's going to be able to help in some type of form or fashion, especially on third down, you know, guaranteed passing downs where you just pin your ears back and go get the quarterback. Uh, Kevin Lemieux. Defensive end, 6'4", 235, uh, 1,338th. Three-star, 84 overall, offers from Boston College, Army, Dartmouth, and UConn. Rutgers, the list goes on. Uh, strong side end with great height, 6'4". Um, so it's the same height as Alton Robinson. So Right. And, like, looking at this orange fizz, like, you know, what you were just kind of looking at a little bit, um, they talk about making the – you know, this and this is kind of proof that the recruiting services look at this kind of stuff because it's the the proof that he can make the leap from Massachusetts ball to D1, right? So there's already these kind of things, and that's what I try to explain to uh, the fans and stuff in, in previous years when you see these three, you know, kind of mid, middle of the tier, low tier, three star from the New England area, you know, the Connecticut's, the Delawares, the um, the Massachusetts's, and stuff like that. It's it's a lot of times those players, we don't get that much respect because they look at the, the competition and stuff like that. So, again, you just see that just in that sentence right there. So, again, um, I would go with it looking at its offer sheets. Um, Boston College, Army, really only the big ones there. But, um, again, you know, like a, like a normal common three-star, most likely going to have to redshirt or sit out um, and take some time to learn the playbook, learn some technique, and, and get bigger like, like, uh, like Orange Fizz says. Uh, defensive end Leon Lowry. We talked about Leon back in the day and his verbal commit days way back when. I don't know, a couple months ago. Right. Uh, 6'3", 205, uh, 1,482nd. Uh, Three-star, 84 overall, uh, offers from Indiana, UMass, Rutgers, and Temple. And again, this is, again. I mean, you look at the measurables, 6'3", 205. So again, that just tells me 
that he's really fast. He's got a lot of speed coming off the edge. Um, and just looking at the overall and looking at the rating right there between him and Kinsler, that just might be regional. That just might be that recruiting bias that we talked about. So, um, again, this is another guy just like Kinsler um, that I'm excited for. But, again, because of the size, it, it might take a couple years to get yeah. to where we, we see he's him. He's fast, though. They say he's, I mean, he's reportedly yeah. fast. So, I mean, you know, it helps. Uh, let's see. Robert Hanna, safety. Out of Florida again, Miami pulls some serious weight in every year. I mean, like it's unbelievable. So yeah. anyway, six foot one seventy, um, one thousand fifty eighth, three star, eighty fifth overall, Miami, Louisville, Liberty, Pitt, U UCF, USF, and UAB. A lot of U's going on there. <laughs> yeah, you know me. <laughs> so, um, he was also teammates with uh, the the one we lost there, Kentron Point uh, Pointier. Yeah, so yeah, and 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 that's the same high school that Cornelius Nunn, um, that uh, retro right. freshman from yeah. from Florida, that's on our team last year. So again, interesting to see Robert Hanna safety, Cornelius Nunn safety. So he's going to come in. Those two right there, they played safety together, probably right next to each other, free safety, strong safety in high school. Yeah. So there is going to there's going to cool. be that friendship and that kind of you know. They know how to play. So, again, I don't expect this guy to come in and, and just take over Cisco's job, but there will be a day. Not at six foot 170. No. Well, I'm saying in there general, will be a day, yeah. hopefully, that him and Cornelius Nunn are back at starting and, and, and being being the safety duos that they were in high school. Yeah, that would be really cool, too, to, uh, to see. Right. Uh, another safety, Chase Atkinson out of South Carolina. And this is the one we talked about. He's going to, he plans to sign in February. 5'11", 180 pounds, 1,848th, three-star, uh, 82.8 on his overall. And mm. his only other offer that's listed was Coastal Carolina. So, okay. And he's from the same high school that Robert Breswell finished his high school career. Uh-oh. So, um, is that why he's waiting? <laughs> I don't know. Is it, is it, <laughs> Joe's Joe's been on the transfer portal with Robert Braswell for some time now. So <laughs> no, it is a little suspect. Not going there. Not going there. It is a little suspect. Look, all right, we already talked about him. We can talk about him when he signs. How about that? Okay, on yeah. To the next we, one. we talked about. Him. We talked. Another safety, Ben Labrose. Talked about him back in the day. Uh, six foot, two hundred pounds, one thousand fifty second, uh, three star, eighty fifth overall, and he had no reported offers because he's from Canada, so right. unranked and unknown, and unknown um, could be a hidden gem, as Orange Fizz tends to speculate at here in the, their little their little write up. Joe, what do you think? Well, again, that's these are the hidden type gem guys because again, uh. A lot of times you have the recruiting services with all the stars and all you know the guys that <clears throat> that these recruiting services have have ranked and have seen at, at camps and have seen because they play um, you know high level football um, in in high school and in the country. Um, so when you see the not rated when we get these commits it's not that he doesn't he's not good enough to be ranked. It's that that the recruiting services haven't ranked them yet. So when he when he first um, committed he was you know not rated. I remember looking at his tape. Uh, I was very impressed. But again, from Montreal, Quebec, um, the uh, competition level and everything and just being Canada, 
uh, a lot of times they're really not looked at that often. So as soon as they get signed like that, then these recruiting services, they go and they do their homework. They actually go and they recruit this person or this player. And then they, they get him in the system. And I mean, he just dropped recently. He slipped from 87 to an 85 because these recruiting services, I don't know if it's like an annual or, or the semi-annual or quarter, but they end up, they, they make changes to their ratings um, throughout the season. So he slipped from an 87 to an 85. What that tells me is that he wasn't rated. 247 Sports went and rated to recruit him and rated him at an 87, which is almost, you know, a four-star, high three-star. So again, he had no other offers. We offered, we got his commit and then when the recruiting services go and see that they have him right at smack dab 85, right in the middle of a mid to high tier three star. And that is kind of the definition of a hidden gem because nobody was really else was really on him. Right. Uh, linebacker slash athletic position. Stefan Thompson, six foot two twenty two, ranks 1,343. He's a three star, 84 overall. Offers from Wisconsin, Akron, Appalachian State, Coastal Carolina, and Charlotte. Um, not a great offer sheet, but uh, good speed for its size, as listed here by Orange Fizz, and will almost right. certainly play linebacker eventually. Right. And uh, again, um, I'll take that. I like that Wisconsin. Now you're talking about a linebacker that gets an offer from Wisconsin. And I'll take that every day of the week. Uh, looks a little short, but uh, I mean, we've, we've had, we've had those type of guys, right? Zaire Franklin, he was only six foot, right? Um, Lakeem Williams last year wasn't really that tall, but he was a speedster and you, and you could see it all over the field. Um, this is another guy that just uh, out of the new ranks, uh, the last uh, rankings that 247 Sports put up, he jumped from an 81 to an 84. So, again, this is another guy that um, he's his rankings improved since we've uh, got the verbal uh, commit. So, uh, Christian Villeneuve, quarterback, it, it, this is going, it, this was a 2020 target at first, but um, it's been reclassified to 2021. So, we're, we're going to hold off on that and we'll see. Yeah. And it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, the guy's a four star. Um, I'm, I'm assuming that this is going to be one of our priority, um, targets. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I know that he's already got great, a great offer sheet. Uh, he's already a four star and, um, being in high school one more year is probably only going to raise that. So, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. Yeah. Well, we can only hope, right? Yeah. I mean, well, no, I don't hope it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough though. I'm saying we can only hope that we get him. I right, guess is right. really what I, mean, I meant to say. I ranks, just ranks. I know ranks two four two hundred and forty first four star ninety overall. I mean, um, yeah, man, that's <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's the guy, right? That, so maybe that's is that maybe he re, this maybe year. he re, right? Maybe he reclassifies just because it's another year for Tommy DeVito. So he comes in only one year, then DeVito's gone, and it maximizes the amount of time that he has, right? Um, I mean, a lot of times that's, that's kind of what we see right now right. in the, the spectrum of NCAA and, and college football is if you're not starting, you're transferring to go somewhere so you can. Exactly. So that will wrap it up. I think that's it. If I missed one, um, you can always write to us at gmail.com. I think we got them all. Three stars. I think, I think we got them all. So um, <clears throat> that's going to wrap it up for us for this episode. Uh Syracuse plays Niagara this weekend. We'll be back, hopefully. No, soon. <laughs> I think it's pretty safe to say we should be back Sunday. 
I don't think that's yeah, an we issue. Yeah, we should be. Okay. We should so be. And, I, and I just, just to throw like... it out there, too, <laughs> this isn't all a signing day. They talked about February. February 6th is the actual end of the signing day, so do look to – there's going to be news. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if, if right. Babers does go out there, gets some maybe some graduate transfers to fill some holes in some certain positions that he might see as far as in need of depth, and 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 that could be a backup quarterback as well, just kind of like what we did with Clayton Welch. Um, so uh, be on the lookout for that because I know that this is our you know uh, early signing day show, um, but there is still going to be news to come. Yeah, there'll be plenty of news, and um, this the the football thing just go it never stops. Hey man, as, as look, well we're not playing. A, we're stops. one game away from playing in a bowl game, right? I and, know, I know. And I'm sitting here watching all these bowls, and then an early signing day comes up. So hey, we gotta we gotta have a show to kind of still talk about our team while college the bowls are still going on, and kind of talk about the positive for the future, and kind of put a seal on on what the season was, right? So exactly. So I mean, it's good when we you know people are. Yeah. Emailing and, and DMing us about yeah. um, doing this show anyway. So, yeah, we I mean, takes... have Tyler on. We've had Tyler on a couple of times, had him yeah. on to, to, exactly. to talk about that. So, we've had his input and his thoughts about the season throughout the, the season. So, kind of had him on quarterly when if you want to yeah. talk about the schedule. So. Kinda. Yeah, we kind of did. So, um, and the only reason we didn't have him on this is because he openly admits that he doesn't follow the recruiting aspect of it. So this would it, just be, it would, it, <laughs> if you know, if, if I was letting Tyler and Joe talk about each recruit, I mean, this could go for two hours and, <laughs> and I know I don't want to put anybody through that. So I'm doing everybody especially yourself, doing, right? especially me. Exactly. I'm doing us all a favor. Uh, look, I want to thank blue Chew. go to blue Chew.com right now. Enter the promo code armchair. Just pay the $5 and get, uh, just pay the $5 uh, shipping, get the rest of it for free. After that, after the five bucks, it's free. Okay. It's like when you buy, yep. it's like when you buy a new Ford F-150 after, you know, the 60 grand. It's free after that. Uh, I want to thank MyBookie. Uh, just go to MyBookie.ag, enter the promo code CHAIR, and they will match you dollar for dollar up to 1000 bucks. Thank you to Tyler. Thank you to all of you for listening. It's been a great year. I think we will have one more episode this year, if I'm not, if my math is correct. But uh, you'll have to hear me say that again. Thanks to James on guitar. For Joe, I'm Sean. We are out. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Q's Militia Podcast, the fan's voice with Sean and Joe. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.